0: Amen. The Lord bless you, children of God. We want to greet each of you once again. The mighty and the glorious name of Jesus Christ, whose birthday we are celebrating today. We don't actually know when the Lord was born, but we know he was born. And this has been a day that has been selected to celebrate his birth thank God not only for his birth, we thank God for his life, we thank God for his death, we thank God for his resurrection from His the dead, from for his ascension back into heaven, for him sending the Holy Spirit to be with us. God has done so much to us Through us and for us, he deserves all glory, all the honor, and all the praise. For those of you that have been worshiping with us, you know we just finished our most recent topic entitled Everybody's Growing. Thank God for revelation that everybody's growing in one direction or the other. I want to encourage you and we want to make sure Children of God, that we are growing in the right direction. We don't want to look up at the end of the day and have grown in the wrong direction. We're going to look at something the Lord gave us just a couple of days ago, actually. Uh, It's going to help some of us in the body of Christ better understand what is happening right within us. We're going to be looking at the conflict within. The conflict within. A lot of times, you know, many individuals, it's human nature, even the way our eyes are set in our physical bodies to look out. You know, we can't see ourselves uh, fully. It was just the way God created these these human bodies in the natural we can't see ourselves you know we we have without some without some outside force I mean we can see you know parts of ourselves and different things, but your eyes can't look at your eyes, your eyes can't see your 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 face without some type of external aid and uh you know this is why a lot of times we can see faults in others. Much easier than we can see faults in ourselves. We, we're created to look out, to look out, to look out from a physical standpoint. You know, and just as we need a mirror or a camera or something to show us ourselves and an outside agent to show us ourselves. God says that in order to see ourselves spiritually, we need an outside agent called the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Just like a mirror is an outside agent that will show you the physical parts of yourself that you can't see. I've never seen the back of my head with just my natural eyes. There's had to be an outside source. I've never seen my back, you know, portions of my back without an outside source. Standing in one mirror, looking through another mirror. So there needs to be an outside source to see all parts of us physically. There needs to be an outside source to see ourselves spiritually. The Holy Ghost is that outside source. The Word of God is that outside source. The Bible even talks about how the word of God is, is much like a mirror. Well, what does a mirror do? And it naturally helps us see what we wouldn't be able to see on our own. Mirrors help us to see that on ourselves that we couldn't see on our own. The word of God will help us to see that in our character, that in our, in our, our humanity, that in our being that we wouldn't be able to see on our own. The conflict within. Well, what the word of God does, because each one of us are experiencing varying degrees of conflict within. You know, some folk, that conflict be so strong and be so powerful and they, they have such a lack of understanding of it and, and what's going on that they feel like the only way out is to kill themselves. That's when you see people that kill themselves. These are people that didn't, that didn't learn effectively how to deal with the conflict within. And there's a conflict going on inside of each of us, you know. And as children of God, you know, it can be very confusing at times. The Apostle Paul had to do extensive teaching in the book of Romans on just that. What's going on inside of me? What's going on inside of us? We're going to look at capital A in our outline and understanding the conflict within. Capital A is going to be enemies. Enemies. Now, when you come to understand what an enemy is, an enemy is basically that which is working against uh, what you're trying to do. As children of God, we want to live right. We want to do right. We want to talk right. We want to walk right. We want to please God. Well, we've we've got enemies of our soul. Now, I didn't say the enemy. I said what? Enemies. Because there are a number of entities... That are working against what we are trying to do and what we are trying to become as Christianity, as as Christians in our Christianity, and we need to be mindful of our enemies. How many times have you ever maybe caught some so-called friends of yours, you know, talking about you behind your back or running running you down behind your back? It can be a painful thing. Why? Because you didn't think they were, that they were your enemies like that. You didn't. You didn't think that they felt like that about you, or that they would say that about you. They've been smiling in your face. They've been acting like they liked you, but then when you hear them talking about you when you're not around, or talking about you when they think you can't hear, you know, it, it, it can be painful. Why? Because you, you know, uh, it, it, you didn't know they were really enemies. You didn't know. You know, and that 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 can be very painful. It can be very disheartening. Well, when we when we understand. The, the 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 warfare that we are in as children of God when we understand that that these rulers these authorities these powers of the dark world these spiritual wickedness in high places can jump in anybody then now you you, you kind of you can arm yourself a little better because you can realize anybody can be used by the adversary. Your husband can be used by the adversary to get you. Your wife can be used by the adversary. We just went over Samson, didn't we? Samson, who 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 you know felt he was all in love with with Delilah. What he didn't realize was that Delilah was not in love with him. So here he is sharing his innermost thoughts and feelings and secrets and stuff that God told him not to tell and didn't realize that Delilah was was a tool in the hand she was being used by his enemies. And, and we have to be uh, cognizant and aware of that, that sometimes even the adversary can use uh, uh, those of us that are closest to us. Sometimes, you know. Now that doesn't necessarily mean that an individual is your enemy, but but keep in mind that individuals can be used by the enemy to operate in at a time or in a capacity like an enemy. Peter did well. No, no, you know the difference between what Peter did and what Judas did is you know very similar. You know Judas betrayed Christ. You know Peter denied Christ along with the other disciples as well. Well, the difference was Peter repented, got restored. Judas hung himself, fell down, and, and, and his intestines burst burst open. So, you know, it's, it's not so much, you know, and what God is dealing with me on right now is, is sin. The difference between sin in the life of a believer and sin in the life of an unbeliever. As believers, our sins have, because we have uh, 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 acknowledged Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, our sin has been forgiven, past, present, and future. Now we are, you know, trying diligently and sincerely not to commit sin. Not that we don't. We do every day. But, you know, we're trying hard not to. Well, unbelievers have not had their sins forgiven. So what ends up happening, you know, the adversary ends up taking them deeper and deeper into sin. When you and I, as children of God, we should be coming more and more out of sin. Not that we don't have sin. You picture somebody that's, that's that's in a swimming pool. You know, we got a swimming pool back here behind the church building, and it goes from the shallow end down to the deep end. You know, picture one person walking into deeper water, and another person walking into shallow water. Well, in the shallow water, we got some steps where we can come up out of there. Well, that person that's walking into deep water. And that person that's walking, walking toward the shallow end, they both in the water, and the water is a sin. Us and the unsaved world, we still in sin. We just moving in a different direction. We're moving in a different direction. The conflict within. So, so keep in mind, enemies. You know, just because somebody is used by the adversary in an, in an instant to do something that is. Uh, against you. That doesn't mean that that the heart of that individual is that of an enemy. Peter denied Christ, called down curses from heaven. You know, he didn't know the man. He wasn't part of that, all that all that kind of stuff. Jesus just looked at him. and Peter wept bitterly, went out and wept bitterly in the night. Why? Because Peter knew that he was lying. He knew that that wasn't really how he felt about Jesus. It just felt like the the pressures from the people... Was was uh, was too much for him at that time. That's what, I, and 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 so he ended up, you know, denying what he really felt in his heart to try and please uh, uh, uh people around him. And sometimes that happens. I just finished watching on program. I've been watching this thirty for thirty marathon. It was talking about, you know, two guys that were great friends, Vladi Divot and uh, Drazen Petrovic, two NBA players that. You know, when they were young teenagers, they played on uh teams for what was once what used to be Yugoslavia, the country Yugoslavia, and how they were winning championships, and they were great friends. They both came to the US at the same time. I think back in like about nineteen eighty nine and Vladi played for the Los Angeles Lakers. Drezen played. They were both from Yugoslavia, way in Europe. And and, 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 and had played for um Portland Trailblazers and how they communicated every day, every day. You know, while they were over here in the United they'd be calling one another back and forth. And, you know, in between at some point, you know, maybe a year uh, later on that year, they uh, played in a tournament back in Europe, won the championship of the tournament. Now, what had started taking place was the civil war that was taking place. You had, you know, approximately six nations that made up uh, old Yugoslavia Croatians and and Serbians and and Bosnians and all these different, but this civil war broke out and all these there was you know the old Yugoslavian government was fighting against these other countries that were wanting their independence. Well, Drazen Petrovic was Croatian, and I think uh, Vladi Divot, I think he was Serbian, and they had a championship game in their in their tournament over in Europe. And the team was made up of guys, Serbians, Croatians, Bosnians, all these different characters, that, that uh, different, different ethnic groups that, were, that made up the country Yugoslavia. But a character came out of the stands with a the, – the, the war, the Civil War had started brewing. And a character came out of the stands with a Croatian flag. And, you know, Vladi was a Serbian. And, you know, uh, a lot of the other team members were, were Croatians and different things. But what Vladi did, you know, because he wanted that time. They had just won a championship. He wanted that time to be a time of celebration as a unified group. And he didn't want the ethnic troubles and, and different things. So when the guy came out of the stands with the Croatian flag and was trying to get in the middle of the huddle, he grabbed the flag and was like, you know, get away. Move, move away from here. This is, this is our time. We're Yugoslavians. We're all, we're all one. Well, Drazen was a Croatian. And somehow the media got a hold of it. And it was used almost in propaganda style. And it made Vladi look like, you know, he was anti Croatian, which Drazen and Tony Kukoc and a number of other players were. And, you know, most of the guys knew deep down in their hearts that Vladi was not making any kind of political statement and and that he was not anti Croatian, anything like that, right there. But the pressure from their countrymen, or the members of their ethnic tribe, the pressure was so great that they basically shut Vladdy out, wouldn't speak to him, shunned him, and and, and you know, and this was you know, Vladdy talked in this this particular show about how painful that was to him. You say, Apostle, what you driving at? Sometimes people do things not because that's really how they feel in their heart, but they they're afraid of a certain group that they may offend, or 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 they want to be accepted by some. Particular group. You remember when 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 uh, Peter came to Antioch, Paul writes that he opposed him to his face because Peter was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. He used to eat with the Gentiles and have a good time and fellowship with the Gentiles. But when these men from the circumcision group or those who believe that you must be circumcised and obey the law of Moses came, he began to to draw back, and Paul. Rebuked him. Paul, the scripture says Paul he opposed him or rebuked him to his face because he was clearly in the wrong. You know, because that's that's a form of hypocrisy. You know, you 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 me and you are we all right as long as we're in private, but then when you get out amongst your so-called friends, you don't want to have anything to do with me or you don't want to associate with. That's a that's a form of hypocrisy. If a person is 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 good enough for you in private, they ought to be good enough for you in public. If not, what you what you what you bothering with them in private for? Conflict and see all this this kind of stuff causes what conflicts within that Peter Peter ran into a conflict when Jesus looked at him. You know, Jesus looked at him, all that we have talked about. I, I can see in, in Jesus' look at Peter, all that we've talked about, all that we've shared, all the love that you have professed. And now that things are are, are going, or things are, are looking a little bad or things are getting a little rough, you want to bail out on me. And that's human nature. you got to understand, that's how people are. It takes the Holy Ghost and people listening to the Holy Ghost to, to, to be able to stand against their, uh, their generation, to be able to stand against the mob, to be able to stand against masses of people. No doubt when the Pharisees stirred up the crowds and were getting the people to holler, crucify Jesus, no doubt some of the people in the crowd had, had, had been healed by Jesus. No doubt some people in the crowd had, had, uh, 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 had loved ones that that had been blessed by Jesus. No doubt some of them same people, God's word had, had done great things in their life, but because many of them were afraid of the mob. That's human nature. Why do you think a whole lot of you all out there on the sound of my voice, you celebrate Christmas Christmas real real hard? You're afraid of the mob. You hate you, you you're afraid of the mob. Basically, we don't know when Christ was born. Come on, let's be honest. Let's talk. We found him. But because you don't want to look like you know you are anti Christmas or something, so you fall in with the fall in with the with the group. That's human nature. That's that's natural. That's normal. But what you got to understand, child of God, is that God is. Why do you think most of you all are on the sound of my voice go to you can go to church real hard and strong on Sunday? Not that the Bible commands that we go to church on Sunday. In fact, the early saints went to when. They worship every day. Why most of you are, Most of the things we be doing as human beings, or a lot of the things we be doing as human beings, is just because that is what the masses are doing. And, and, and what really shines a lot of light on that and really opens your eyes up, up to that is when you get a chance to travel and you get a chance to go into other cultures and other nations and other, where you see, you know, people doing things a whole lot different from how you do things. And it's not that the way you do them is right and the way they do them is wrong or the way they do them is right and the way you are doing them is wrong. It's just different cultures do things differently. And it takes a strong character spiritually to be able to stand against the particular culture that you live in. It's got to be strong spiritually, you know. Noah, had he been a weaker character, he could have fell right on in with what everybody else was doing in his day and drowned with everybody else in his day. Lot, had he been a weaker character, he could have fell on in with the homosexuality that was prevalent in his day and been destroyed with everybody else in his day. But these two individuals are scriptures. Uh, in scripture are individuals that were willing to take a stand for righteousness in their day and not be swayed by... The the popular opinion of the day And I want to encourage you under the sound of my voice You better be willing to to go against The popular opinion of your day Or you will be destroyed destroyed With those of your day When Jesus asked the masses He asked the masses He said you know Talking about John the Baptist He said what did you go out in in the wilderness to see You know did you go see a prophet Yeah and Jesus was like yeah a prophet And much more He said did you go out to see a man dressed in fine clothes no, no, man with fine clothes being kings' prophets. He says, he said, did you go out to see a a, a a a reed swayed by the wind? In other words, did you go out to see somebody that was that was bending and moving with popular opinion and moving with with the way everybody else was doing? And Jesus was like, no, 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 you went to see a prophet. You you, know, you went to see somebody that was hearing that was really hearing from God. If you wanted to read swayed by the wind, you could have stayed in in, in Jerusalem and listened to the Pharisees. You could have stayed in Jerusalem and listened to the Sadducees, the Essenes, the Zealots, and, and the Herodians. You could have listened to that. But why did you go out? Just like the question God is asking some of you: Why are you tuning in to teaching the word? Wait you I hope you ain't dressed because because the way I'm dressed all up. Or oh, because I'm saying a whole lot of stuff that's, that's being said in a whole lot, of, whole lot of these churches right here. Why are you keeping you under the sign of my voice? What do you keep right on downloading, teaching the word for? What is it? God is asking, what, what, what you tuning in to see? Reads, swayed by the wind, are you tuning in to see an, av- an average black man talking? No. you tuning in to see an average man? No. no. What, what are you tuning in to this broadcast to see? Same way Jesus asked his people thousands of years ago. God said, I tell you, I tell you, you see, you see somebody that will say what I'm telling them to say. A prophet. That's what Jesus is a prophet. Prophets cannot be swayed by their generation. Because once they do, they are no longer prophets. Come on, somebody. I, I, y'all, some of y'all looking at me like if a prophet is gonna be, if a prophet instead of saying what God says, say, he starts saying, Or she starts saying what what everybody else is saying in society or what everybody else is saying, they cease to be a prophet. They cease to be a prophet. If Jesus had been saying the same things that the Pharisees or the religious establishment of his day were saying, they wouldn't have hung him on a cross. They wouldn't have seen him as being such a dangerous character. They wouldn't have been so worried about him if he'd have been saying like everybody else was saying. But because he was saying what God said, say, he became a marked man. And you need to understand, when you start saying what God says, say, you become a marked man or a marked woman. That's That's just it. Conflict within. Part of the conflict within with, with with most any prophet is: Do I say what the people want to hear, or do I say what God is telling me to say, even if it upset the people? You find you'll find that conflict with with so many so many prophets throughout in the in the scripture. Ephesians 6 and 12, let's get this scripture, saints and clothes, because God done just about said what he wanted to say. From the New International Version, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. I call it raps. 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 Rulers, authorities, powers of this dark world, spiritual forces of evil, or wickedness in high places. Capital A in our outline, Enemies. Keep in mind, Enemies. Let us pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, again, we thank you, we bless you, we praise you, we honor you. Speak to us, through us, and for us that souls may be saved today in the mighty name of Jesus, that souls may be edified, strengthened and encouraged in your most holy name we pray. Let God's people say amen. Ephesians chapter 6 great chapter. Great great chapter. Opens up with children and what they supposed to do, fathers what they supposed to do, slaves what they supposed to do, masters what they supposed to do. got a lot a lot of powerful stuff. Ephesians chapter 1 verses Ephesians chapter 6 verses 1 through 9 deals with a, basically a, a submission and obedience. You think back to the, the centurion who didn't didn't tell Jesus, I don't want you to come in, come under my roof. I, I you know I don't deserve to have you come under my roof. He said, but I understand authority, and this is part of the reason why the Roman army was able to conquer so much of the known world, because they had a very very structured, they had a very very structured uh, authority. Very very, you had your you know your, your soldiers and you had your commanders and. You, you know, the over, over legions and, you know, centurions or over hundreds or over thousands, and it went right on up the chain, went right on up the chain, very, very structured, very, you, what the ones under you did was what you told them, and what, what you did was what the ones over you told you. Very, very simple, very, very effective. Romans took over the world. Romans took over just about, just about the world. They understood what the ones under you do is what you tell them. And what the ones, and what you do is what the ones over you tell you. Very, very simple. Very simple. Jesus said, "I have seen such great faith in all Israel." Jesus, said, I got a whole lot of Israelites that don't understand this right here. Simple concept. God is a God of order. The kingdom of God is a kingdom of order and orders, not opinions and suggestions. Order. Which is maintained by orders. How do you think order is maintained? See, some of you all on time, my boys, you ain't you ain't never been in a chaotic and a chaotic society. Chaotic environment. Somebody. Why you know, I come back to the United States, one thing I thank God for is the order. For the most part. I've been in countries where jokers is running right crazy and burning up houses and killing folk and doing I've been there, I've been right down the street and seeing this kind of stuff. And when you have individuals that, you know, I remember once, and I'm, let me use this because the Lord is flashing in my, my spirit. We had one, one great man of God with us from Nigeria a couple of years ago that was here. And we, we went out we went out somewhere for a ride, and there was a red light. And I, I knew what he was thinking because I don't been to Nigeria. I don't been to, you know, many countries. And the red light, there was like, you know, 40, 50 cars stopped at a red light. Now to us that's no big deal. You know, we we see that red light to us that most of us that you know that means stop, you know, no matter whether it's free or not. And I remember uh, the man of God looking at me cuz in Nigeria and certain countries I've been, man, red light man, that don't mean nothing to a whole lot of folks. Red light green, man, you just go if you want to go. And if you so if you can get there first, the first one get there go and there ain't nobody stopping stopping for them. No. And the man of God looked at me and said, "Apostle." He said, "One little light" Has so much power. One little light, that little red light. Had hey, look at all of these cars that that I saw. And I knew that was that was amazing. That was strange to him because he come from an environment where you know a lot of lawlessness. A lot of folk, you know, you do do what you can till you get caught. Go, go, go! That folk driving all across. Uh well, But but the reason why we have so much order. And see this is why many of us as African-Americans, we better, wake, we better wake up now, I'm telling you, we better wake up. Reason why we have so much order is because you've got a lot of individuals that are following orders. It's following of orders that brings order. God is not a god of lawlessness. When you find things that are decent and in order, that's because you got folk that are following orders. You got a church that's decent and in order. That's because you got you got congregation. You got people in that church that are following orders. You see disciplined children, children that are not acting like fools. That's because they have been taught how to follow orders. What's the difference? That's why the Bible tell you that if a bishop, if his children is all out of control and and, and all what he had no business but running the church, no business, because he don't even know how to get his own children how to follow orders. If he can't take care of his own household, scripture asks a question: How can he what manage the household of God? So if you you wondering now now you say apostle, why did you why did you specify black folk? See, because a lot of us don't like orders, at least not orders from authority, the rightful authority. Understand this: everything you do is based on an order. Everything I do is based on an order. The question is, who you taking your orders from? Because if you go out and say, ah, right, we're going to go out and vandalize the neighborhood, and you decide to go out and vandalize the neighborhood, you need to understand, you took orders from somebody to go do that. It's called the devil. What are we talking about here? Rulers, authorities, powers of this dark world, spiritual wickedness in high places. You need to understand, we need to understand that that rebellion to, to authority is demonic. It's satanic. It's of the devil. Please tell you, put your hands on, I just watched an NFL player. Drunk, sleep in the car, police go up to him and knock on the window. He done fell asleep in the middle of the night at a stoplight. Police go up to him, tap on the window, tell him to open the door. He don't want to open the door. Tell him to keep his hands on the steering wheel. As soon as the police tell him to keep his hands on the steering wheel, now all of a sudden he want to move his hands off the steering wheel. It's, uh, it's uh, It's almost a miracle the way things is going today. He didn't get shot. Everything the police try to tell him to do, he decide he want to do just the opposite. Where we, where you, where, where, if the police ain't telling you to sin, what is the problem? What is your problem? You don't like taking orders from those in God ordained authority positions, and the Bible bears out that that he who rebels against authority, God said, Robert, you need to t- you need to talk, you need to talk to my people, and especially black people. He who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. In other words, God's going to get you. Or he's going to allow that individual in authority to get you. Police are God's servants to do you good. But if you do wrong, now they become what's called an agent of what? Wrath. They become an agent of wrath. Now they get to pour now they are a divine agent by God to pour out God's wrath on you for being hard headed, stubborn, and disobedient. Now now they use as a now God is using a belt. a belt normally, I ain't got no belt on. But normally a belt is used to hold your pants up. Normally. But if you acting like a fool, now this belt has become a rod of correction. Because I'm gonna hit you with it. Child, you know, children. It's normally for holding up my pants. The man that made belts, he made them with the idea of what? Holding up pants. But if you want to act like a fool, now, it, now it's going it's to be used for something different. So it is when it comes down to police. Oh, how my, we went up to New York one time. Went up to New York all in the winter. Oh, we talked to the police. We were trying to find some places. Police were most helpful to us. Most cordial to us. Well, why? We try, we try, we try, we're respecting them, respecting the offices that they hold. Now, let me slap one of them, kick one of them in the hind part, took off running down the street. I'd have seen a whole different side of them. The Bible says he bears not the sword for nothing. Well, in the ancient days, they used to have a sword you know, authority and soldiers and different things. have a soul. Well, that police don't bear that 9mm for nothing. And in Nigeria, them police don't have them AK-47s for nothing. Them boys carry AK-47s. I'd be sometime, I'd be seeing our Nigerian brothers and sisters out there arguing with the police and different things, and every now and then police are, la, 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 and, it, and then now you want to settle down, or now you want to take off running. Hey, what am I arguing with a cat with AK-47 about? There's nothing for me and you to argue about. No argument, sir. He bears not the sword. He bears not the 9 millimeter. meter. God says he bears not the AK-47. He bears not the pepper spray. He bears not the baton for nothing. Conflicts. Conflicts within. Well, our struggle. Look at what the Bible says. Now, this is in this section. Section Ten on down is through twenty deals with the armor of god now now uh understand God says Robert and I, and I don't even have no scripture for this. The Lord is speaking this in my spirit, so i'm just I'm just taking this by faith. God says that obedience and submission to those in authority is uh, is a part of Christian armor. Let's just keep that in mind. Now, I don't, I don't, I just, children of God, I can't, I ain't got no scripture right now to, to give you on that and all kind of things. Just kind of keep that in mind. That obedience to those in authority is a part of Christian armor. The Lord's going to have to show me on that because he's just placing that in my spirit. You say apostle now, now, now God is giving me, giving me things on that. When we obey those that are in authority. When we obey those who are in authority because they are God's servants to do you good, God is now able, because remember the heart of the king is in the Lord's hands and he directs it like a water course. Now that, that, that instrument of God, police are instrument of God. Soldiers are instrument of God. It's when they're telling you something sinful or, or trying to get you to do something. That's, when it's a, whole, that's a whole different thing. But when they're telling you to do something that that is all right, now that instrument of God can be used to do you good. Because it's an instrument. Understand your pastor is an instrument. Your parents are instruments. As children of God, we are instruments. That keyboard is an instrument. That drum set is an instrument. And, And an instrument has a specific purpose. That keyboard right there is meant, it was made to make music so that, make music. Well, I can take that keyboard and and hit you upside the head with it, even though that's not what it's meant for, but let a robber come in here, somebody come in here and, you know, trying to do something real, real crazy. It can be used for that. It can be used as a weapon, too. Well, so it is when it comes down to, to God's servants. See, pastor can be used to, to, to speak the words of eternal life and, and, and share revelation and sh- share blessings and insight and teach you where to. Or, you know, if you want to keep right on better, now, now that same pastor can be used to expose your sin, you know, or, or be used to, to put you out of the church or you know, do all kinds of things. Parents, we're instruments for children. Parents can be used to to bring up the children and the training and instruction of the Lord and hug and kiss and affectionate and give them a, a sound. Or, if you want to act like a fool, now we can be used to beat you. Or used to put you out. Or used to call 911, get the police, come get you. Or put you in a, a reformatory school. We're instruments. And how? instruments operate uh, oftentimes depends upon how you behave. How instruments operate oftentimes depend on how you behave. A lot of what we, especially as African Americans, get out of police, a lot of it has to do with how we behave. doesn't mean that there aren't some rogue ones. Oh, doesn't mean it. The the, the tragic thing that I hate to see, and 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 I've been hearing some of our white brothers and sisters say this, and it makes so much sense to me, is that very rarely do we hear about the millions and millions and millions of police around the country that are doing a fine job, that are doing an outstanding job, that haven't shot anybody, that haven't uh, displayed racism against anybody. We don't hear much. We don't hear nothing about them. But then you get one or two, you know, to do something crazy, or five or six, or ten or fifteen. That's not indicative of the millions and you know how many police officers we got across this country and it's madness to think that because a handful is doing something that that is indicative of what the majority or what what most of them are doing it's madness You know, if if the only thing I showed you was the bad parts of the United States, now you know we got some bad parts of this country, as great as this country is, but if the only thing I showed you was the bad parts of the United States, and that was all I ever showed you, then you it, it wouldn't be odd for you to walk away thinking that the United States is a what? Bad place? But but, but just like, you know, I can show you the bad parts, I can pump put that on the news or put that in the media, I could show you the good parts. I could show you the good parts of the United States. we got some great places. That mess around happened to me probably about nine or ten years ago, watching the media over here, and and they right steady showing you in Africa, especially in Kenya, little children starving, and little children uh, uh, flies around their mouth, and their stomach all poked all out. I'm sitting in here watching it one day before I had gone to Kenya. The feed, the little children, all oh, the little children is suffering so bad. I'm sitting in here crying and talk, talking to the Lord. Lord, what am I going to say to these people? They're suffering so bad. Oh, Lord, Lord didn't even say nothing to me. Hey, I know he was just looking at me. Like sometimes i would sometime be looking at He just looking at me. I'm like, oh, Lord, the TV, the children, the children is, and not to say that there aren't something like that. I messed around and went over to Nairobi and, and Nairobi, Kenya. One of the most beautiful city's brothers walking around with three piece suits on, talking in cell phones, carrying briefcases, and I was with the pastor that invited me. I was like, I was like, Pastor, this is not the picture that 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 they showed us. He the pastor was like, I know apostle, I know. I was like, what in the world is this? This is not what I had was expecting. Of. Why? Because I had been seeing another side. So you say, Apostle, what are you trying to get us to understand? Keep in mind that there's different sides to everything. Just like you've got the front of your TV, you've got the back of your TV. There's different sides to God. There's the loving God. There's the compassionate God. There's the merciful God. There's all the sweet. And then there's the terrible God. God who will burn up whole cities, that crash whole civilizations, drown out. Then that God to him. man, now God said, "Which one, which side of me you want to see, Robert? Do you want to see my consuming fire, my righteous indignation, or do you want to see my my mercy, my compassion, my grace?" I'm like, Lord, let me let me get that side. let me get that side over there, please. Because the, God even tell you it's a terrible thing. God said, "Look, it's a, God said I'm telling you it's a terrible thing to see my to see my terrible side. Not a bad side." there's no there's no bad in God but it's a terrible side remember listen listen to me children of God listen to me out there even if you ain't saved. God is the one who made hell now just to give you an idea now hell if you ain't scared of hell then something is very very wrong with you it might be beyond my fixing you need you need some help from the Lord if you ain't scared of hell you're talking about a place where fire don't Never cease from burning. Never go out. You're talking about the the intense pain from fire individuals feeling forever. You mess put your you mess around and put your finger on a hot stove and your mind you don't even have to consciously remove it your body will remove it your autonomic nervous system you got a nervous system your brain your brain don't even have to consciously say remove my finger your body will get your finger off that off that hot flame off that hot whatever it is you have touched that's just that part that finger or that hand that has touched your body say, get off of that right there. You had people in the World Trade Centers when, the, when that fire was burning that were jumping from almost a quarter mile up in the sky rather than deal with fire. Listen, we don't want to be dealing with fire like that. None of us want to be... De- Listen, I don't know what you're talking about what you went into out there. You don't want to go to hell. And Jesus Christ, faith in him is the only way out. God... Is the one that come up with the concept of hell. Now we got some pretty some pretty terrible characters in society. The characters that have thought of ways to ways to 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 uh, to make people suffer, and thought of ways to to disembowel people. You know, Freddy Krueger in the movies thinking ways again. You know, but ain't but God is the one that come up with hell as punishment. Now, just keep that in mind. Now, same God that we love so much, and we worship, and we praise, and we give all glory, and we give all honor. God said, "You, you, you need to, you need to stay on the proper side of Me." Now, I ain't gonna say God got a twisty side, but hell is there's nothing favorable about hell out there, and God, the one who came up with it. And God the one who made it. And God the one, God said, Robert, go ahead, you're talking right. And God said, I'm the one that throw people in it. Nobody else can do that. Angels can't do that. Devil can't do that. No, nope. your enemies can't do that. God said, I'm the one that it. I'm the one that made it. I'm the one that came up with it. I'm the one that created it. I'm the one that created the duration of it. I'm the one that created how how the suffering will be. I'm the one that created the skin worm. I'm the one that created the darkness. And I'm the one that will throw people in it if they don't get themselves saved. Now, thank God is playing. Your husband might be. Your wife might be. Your kids might be. Your parents might be. God said, I ain't playing with you. Some of you all understand my voice. That that just doesn't sit right with me, Apostle. I just don't agree. That's your business. Still true. Still true. So this God that we serve, true and living God, he ain't playing around. He's merciful. He's kind. He's gracious. He's all them wonderful, wonderful things. But he is also... A got another side. He's also got a wrath that is something else. God said, look now, y'all better y'all better deal with these uh rulers, these authorities, these powers of this dark world, these spiritual forces and evil of evil in heavenly places. God said, "You better deal with them now. You better deal with them properly." As terrible as the, God said, Robert, deal with this for a minute and then get ready to close. As terrible as these forces are that we read about, we ain't getting but one scripture today, children of God. As terrible as these beings are that we read about in the scripture, not a single one of them can hold can come close to God. As terrible as the devil is, he can't come close to God. As, as terrible as demons are, they can't come close to God. Whatever demons can do to you, and they, you see them do terrible things. You just demon, I was demonic possessed. I, I've seen firsthand. I've seen demons doing all kinds of things to different people. They can't come close to what God do to you if you get him angry enough. 'Cause remember, demons can't throw nobody in the hell. The Bible says it's a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Terrible. What the devil can and the devil the devil can do some terrible, terrible stuff if God allows. He can't come close to what God can do and don't need nobody's permission. God don't need to check with no board, he don't need to check with no board of directors, he don't need to check with no counselor, he don't have to have no and no advisors. God do what he won't, when he won't, however long he won't, to and through and for whoever he will And it ain't nothing nobody can do to stop him. God, God is so terrible and so awesome and so great that Jesus said it like this. Do not fear him, which has the power to kill the body. But after that, can do no more. Don't don't even be afraid. Now, you're talking about who can kill the body? The devil can kill the body. Demons can kill the body. Rulers, authorities, powers of this dark world, the enemy, the government, police, uh, your neighbor, the bad uh, gangsters. God said, don't even be afraid of them. Jesus said, don't even be afraid of them. Anybody can just kill the body, that's all they can do. Don't be afraid of them. Fear not him which has the power to kill the body, but after that can do no more, but rather fear the one. God said, I'm the only one which after killing the body, God said, I've got some power that goes beyond killing the body. God says, I've got power to throw you into hell forever. Jesus said, that's who you fear. Now you better get this thing right. Now the question you've got to ask yourself, are you going to be more afraid of the devil or are you going to be more afraid of God? You're going to be more afraid of your government or, you know, or the army or uh, uh, gangsters or uh, Or you're going to be afraid of God. That's whom the fear. I'm trying to tell you all something about this God that we serve. Yeah, we serve him. We love him. Yes, Lord, we love you. You've opened our eyes. You've revealed to us that you've been good to us. You've revealed to us that you give us power to do everything, that every good and perfect gift comes from. But I also, when I flip the page in your word, I see that you'll be doing some off-the-hook stuff to people. God said, yeah, I do, I do that too, Rob. So I'm serving you because I love you, but I'm also got a fear of you too if I do something great. God said, that's, that's, that's about right. Balance. We're talking about We right back to what? Balance. God said, that's, "That's the only way I want you." God will balance. God bless you, children of God. Merry Christmas to you. Happy New Year. Uh, today's Sunday, ain't it? Yes. Saints, uh, let's let's get those offerings in uh, before, since it's the first day of the week. In keeping with First Corinthians chapter 16, verse 1, and I wish you all happy holiday season. And we pray that the Lord continue to bless each of you, and heaven continue to smile on you. We'll be continuing on this particular. Uh, subtopic uh, later on today, the Lord willing. Amen. And amen. Saints, you can reach us through email at thechristnasonchurch at gmail.com. Check out our website at wwwchurchcom backslash member backslash T backslash TCCC. Feel free to join us on talk shoes YouTube and iTunes at 9am 6pm daily. On TalkShoe call, 724 two four 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 seven four four four. Enter ID 17959. As precasts, type in Robert Bryan on YouTube and the Christian Church channel. You can see excerpts of Apostle Robert Bryan on YouTube. Donations should be sent by using, using the donation button on the church website or our TalkShoe homepage. God bless you in heaven, smile on you. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>